Welcome back to this week's episode of 30 Minute Break with Jake. This week, we are going to be sitting down with Sierra to go over volunteering and nonprofit organizations. Now, some of you may have different viewpoints on nonprofits and volunteering community, so we're going to ask her some questions that hopefully answer all of those concerns that you may have. Also, if you find this podcast interesting, please subscribe on either iTunes or Spotify and keep getting the notifications that I send out every week with a new episode. So stay tuned. How's it going, Sierra? It's going good, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time out tonight. Um, so yeah, let's kick it off like I do in other ones. Let's uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Sierra. I am one of Jake's best friends from college. Um, I met his fiance at UW-Eau Claire where I started my education um, and I was majoring then um, in elementary education with a special ed minor and kind of switched tracks when I transferred to UW-Stevens Point um, in Wisconsin to communications and with a public relations minor. I um, got really involved with some nonprofits, volunteering for nonprofits, and um, kind of wanted to see where that route would lead me. And that's when I landed my first um, nonprofit internship at United Way in Stevens Point. Mm-hmm. And I was also um, a mentor for Big Brothers Big Sisters at the time. Um, so that kind of like sparked my interest with nonprofits right away. And so that um, is kind of where my passion fell for nonprofits and then continued to um, land internships before I graduated within the nonprofit. Um, industry okay so what made you want to do like big brothers big sisters because I mean not many people really want to do that it's a it's a big responsibility yeah um, it was a big responsibility especially as a college student when you already have a job and a for full course load and everything mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really I guess in high school and even like the beginning of my college career know much about like resume building and um, as an education major I knew that there was like a, sh- a shortage of teachers and so I wasn't really too worried about mm. like building my resume up um, and then in one of my courses one of my professors was kind of talking about building your resume up and really having um, things other than just work experience on your resume and so Um, I kind of went and talked to my professor after class and I was like, oh, um, what are some examples of things that maybe teachers could have on their resume that would look good? Mm -hmm. um, That would be volunteer work. And so he, you know, talked about mentorship programs. And so I kind of Googled, literally just Google searched like mentorship programs and found Big Brothers Big Sisters in Stevens Point. And um, so really I did it to begin with as like a resume building um, thing to have on my resume Mm -hmm. when I was an education major. Yeah. How long did you stick with that then? Um, so I did that for about a year and a half. Um, I had my okay. little for about a year and a half. And then when I graduated school, I kind of ended the the volunteer sh- um, was that sad? term. Yeah, it was really sad. <laughs> and then actually, yeah. um, so I was a mentor to um, a uh, 12-year-old Hmong um, little girl. And she sold um, fruits and vegetables at the farmer's market with her family. And so um, afterwards, I had gone to Stevens Point a couple times to the farmer's market after I'd graduated. Yeah. And I saw her there. And just to like see her again was almost like horrible for me because it was really <laughs> sad to like see her again after I hadn't seen her for, you know, months or yeah. the last time I saw her it had been a year since I had seen her. And then I saw her again. And that was really sad to see her and oh yeah kind of have the memories with her. But it was a really great experience. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so some breaking from breaking away from Stevens Point. Now you live in St. Paul. Um, tell me where you're working right now, and tell me what you're doing with them. 
Yeah, so um, right now I work for a nonprofit on the east side of St. Paul. We're a community services agency. Um, we're called Merrick Community Services, and I am the community partnerships coordinator there. So I do a lot of our volunteer recruitment, um, marketing for the food shelf um, under nutritional services. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of, as a lot of people in nonprofit will say, wear many different hats at my job. And yeah. so, you know, no day is the same. And so some days I'm doing marketing, some days I'm doing recruiting. Um, I manage two interns there. And um, so really I'm doing a ton of different work for them. A lot of talking to corporate people and, um, you know, trying to get them to volunteer for us mm -hmm. and meet their volunteer matches that their company offers and things like that. Yeah. So since you started working at a nonprofit, do you notice like a big change working for a company like that opposed to if you were to work for like, you know, people that work for like a corporate company or a nonprofit isn't really in the realm do you notice like a huge difference in like your day-to-day -day routine um, and just like some of the factors that play into your job? Yeah, I would say 100%. I've noticed um, just from, you know, friends that I graduated with and, um, you know, coworkers who have went gone from corporate to working in a nonprofit. Um, mm -hmm. I know one, the big thing is, um, like I said before, you wear so many different hats in nonprofits. So, you know, a lot of people who are working for corporate companies are going in and doing, you know, mostly the same thing day to day, or, you know, they sit down at their desk and they're doing marketing all day yeah. or I'm doing, you know, community outreach and advertising, marketing, um, mm -hmm. recruitment, um, efforts, things like that. A lot of event planning, uh, so we have um, a position at my current nonprofit and he um, does a lot of our event planning yet you know I'm still getting pulled in all the yeah. time to different like plan help plan different events and I do a lot of our social media so I think the diff a big difference is just getting experience doing so many different things and yeah. you know the hope for me is that if I decide to go um, corporate someday and work for a for-profit that I would you know, be able to almost apply to any position, whether it's in human resources or marketing or, mm -hmm. you know, event planning for a bigger company um, or a, a for-profit company would be that I have all of this experience. Yeah. The only thing that is a downfall is that it's like bits and pieces of this experience. So yeah. when I, I mean, say, you're well-rounded at that point. Yeah, you're well-rounded. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what, I guess you told me a lot there. So what is your biggest challenge that you have working for a nonprofit? Because from my side of view, I've never worked for a nonprofit and everyone has a different opinion. I'm assuming um, what a nonprofit job really entails, but you tell me you do a lot of stuff. So I'm assuming uh, people rely on everybody within the company. I know like for other big corporate companies, you rely on like certain people and then there's other people that just kind of fill in the blanks. So do you find yourself, like you said, getting pulled in different directions and then having like different daily tasks that just make it very difficult or challenging to work for a nonprofit? I would say definitely almost every day, you know, I'm asking myself, okay, this really isn't in my job description, but someone has <laughs> to do it, you know? And so mm -hmm. at my nonprofit, we serve a lot of low income families, homeless families, um, in our food shelf and through family services and employment services. Mm -hmm. And so at my nonprofit a lot, I'll be making some marketing material for our employment services department. And I'm just like, okay, this is definitely not yeah. in my job description, but I'll do it because it needs to be done and no one else sure. in the organization knows how to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, that can be really challenging. And, you know, obviously working for a nonprofit, um, you're getting um, underpaid and overworked. Everyone always says that. And, you know, sure. it's so true. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, you definitely aren't doing your job for a paycheck. And you yes. have to kind of realize that going into it, like mm -hmm. I'm doing this work because I want to help the community and I want to make a difference. You know, mm -hmm. you know, going into it that you're not doing it for the paycheck so do you you have that mindset now like going to work 
like I'm doing this for more than just the cash or you get to the point where you're like oh, I might need to apply these skills elsewhere yeah um so I think I'm definitely getting to that point um a lot of my coworkers think I should you know go to corporate marketing or do something in that realm um and I don't know some days I'm like I'm so ready to give up this you know thought yeah. of um, I go into work every day and I literally feed, you know, hundreds of starving people a week. And I love, you know, having that feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but then some days I'll go into work and I'll be like, okay, like this is exhausting. And I can, you know, I can still help people in other ways. Like I volunteer for other nonprofits and, mm -hmm. you know, I can still volunteer my time and then also work corporate. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, just have to kind of decide if I want to stick out nonprofit or not for the rest of my life. Yeah. I feel like you really have to have the mindset to want to work for a nonprofit. So, I mean, kudos to you for wanting to, because not many people really look at it that way. Um, so you just mentioned you do a lot of other volunteering as well. Um, we talked a little bit off the show about you doing uh, special Olympics. Tell me a little bit about that. So I'm pretty clueless with the whole special Olympics, like organization. Um, I kind of, I understand like the background of it, but I don't understand like, so what do you do with them? Yeah, so I actually um, coach a youth Special Olympics basketball team, and I've been doing that now for a couple of months. Um, it's super fun. Uh, we're in um, St. Paul. We're located in St. Paul, so there are actually a ton of different, which I didn't know this either until I started, but there are a ton of different separate Special Olympics organizations underneath the Minnesota Special Olympics organization mm -hmm. as a whole. And so we're kind of broken off um, from, you know, they're kind of like the umbrella tier to all of these separate okay. teams. Sure. And a lot of the teams are run by parents who have kids who are in Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. So that's my case. Um, my team is called St. Paul Magic. Okay. And we're located in St. Paul. And the lady who runs, the woman who runs my team, her son, um, is on the team as well. And so that's kind of how she got involved with running the team and different yeah. things like that. And so when you really sign up to um, volunteer coach, you are going on the Minnesota Special Olympics site, and then they're kind of placing you somewhere where they think best would fit. Um, okay. So it's kind of a cool process when you fill out the application, you talk about yourself and, you know, the hours you want to volunteer and what you're really looking for, and then they mm -hmm. kind of match you to a team in the Twin Cities. So do you recommend if, for people looking to do volunteer that that'd be a good option yeah especially you know i know they're always looking for a lot of male coaches so there's a lot of you know hockey special olympics teams and um you know even bowling teams baseball teams mm -hmm. all around there's so many different teams and i know that you know there are a lot of guys who have experience with baseball and yet they you know are having a really hard time finding yeah. coaches for that mm -hmm. and so i know a lot of guys who maybe played baseball in high school would be interested in coaching but you know it's so hard to find like a coaching position yeah, and so yeah. i think to like really start with special olympics is like an awesome experience and mm -hmm. once again just everything that you do especially volunteering just like builds your resume so much and mm -hmm. you know i know talking i'm actually currently applying to new positions and <laughs> talking um you know in interviews and stuff I'll, almost every interview I've had, they've asked about Special Olympics coaching and like oh, wow. what it's taught me and like what I've got from it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, just talking about the inclusion aspect of being a coach for Special Olympics. So I guess I'll ask you, what has it taught you and what have you got out of it? Yeah, um, definitely. So, this is actually an interview. <laughs> yeah, right. This <laughs> is my job, job interview <laughs> to be on a 30 minute break with Jake. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so anyways, I have learned a lot uh patience is probably number one yeah yeah um for sure so we are a lot of 
some of our athletes are very high functioning and some are very low functioning. Mm -hmm. And so it's really taught me, you know, patience. And like I said way earlier in the podcast, I was a special education minor. And so I Mm -hmm. knew I wanted to get more involved with Special Olympics at some point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that was like volunteering for Special Olympics or, you know, doing some other kind of volunteer work um, with um, individuals with disabilities, Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to get involved somehow. And so it has definitely taught me patience and it's taught me, you know, inclusiveness and really just like open my eyes to, you know, seeing how cool and how excited these guys get about, um, you know, coming to practice. And I will always tell my friends, like if I'm having a horrible week, I literally step into the gym into practice to coach special Olympics. And I just forget about everything. And I'm laughing the whole entire time and smiling and kids are hugging me. And yeah, it's like a different environment. It's a totally different environment. Uh And you know, I'm such a hugger. And so I get probably a hundred hugs in the, you know, a little over an hour that I'm there at at practice. It's a good place for hugs. Yeah. It's a good (laughs) hugging place. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Awkward silence. Oh no, that's awesome. Um, so do you, have you met a lot of people through doing volunteer? Um, so like the reason I asked that is I know a lot of people when they move to new areas, like you move from Stevens point to St. Paul, that's a huge culture shock and that's a huge jump. Did you find yourself meeting a lot of people through these volunteer opportunities? Um, I would say definitely. So, you know, I really find it. What was I going to say? I think I've definitely met a lot of cool people through volunteering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to see the demographics of who I meet because a lot yeah. of the people that I've been meeting are, you know, in their 40s, 50s, like volunteering. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my volunteers that I manage at my current position are, you know, in their 60s and 70s and retired mm-hmm. um, unless we get corporate groups coming in when they're like my age. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Special Olympics, basketball, a lot of the co- a lot of the coaches and the volunteers for that are older. And so it's crazy to me to see see how few young people are like volunteering Mm -hmm. which makes me want to you know like reach out to my friends and be like volunteer it's yeah yeah. and it really does build your network of you know as i'm like applying to jobs i'm constantly thinking of who's in my network and you know who i can reach out to to see if they know of any openings or anything like that so Mm -hmm. it's definitely built my network and meeting people and especially moving to the Twin Cities, not knowing yeah. like anybody here when I moved. Right, right. And so, you know, even though sometimes the people are in their 30s or 40s, I, you know, still can like build a relationship with them and, mm-hmm. you know, potentially get happy hour with them. <laughs> it's all worth it for the happy yeah, hour. Yeah, all worth it for the happy hour. <laughs> Could use a good free drink right about now. <laughs> um, no, so I, I've i never been like huge into volunteering in high school. I did it a couple of times, but my mom forced me to volunteer because I'd be grounded or something. Um so no, that's huge for actually wanting to and sticking with it, in my opinion. So for someone that wanted to do something like that, what what do you recommend for someone that wants to like get into a volunteer program? Yeah, um, I think a lot. I think the biggest problem is so my volunteer shifts at my um, that I recruit for at my current nonprofit um, are weekly positions, and so a lot oh, of people really? can't. Yeah, and they're during the day, so you know that's why we have a lot of sixty, seventy year old retired individuals. Sure. Um, So I don't think a lot of people realize um, also the impact that volunteering can have. So I'm constantly telling my volunteers at my nonprofit that if they weren't here, you know, the east side wouldn't eat. I always tell them that because they literally run our food shelf and they're there on a day to day basis. And so I think just for, you know, millennials and people our age to realize how important 
it is to nonprofits that you volunteer and like Mm -hmm. the impact that it does have. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference in whether people want to volunteer is when they realize, oh, I'm actually making a difference. I'm not just going there and standing around to like get volunteer hours and, and things like that. And so definitely just, I recommend instead of even going on like volunteer match i post a lot of my positions uh volunteer positions on volunteer match okay just going to you know looking up nonprofits that deal with you know basketball or deal with kids and really just doing a google search of that in your area mm-hmm. and you can find so many nonprofits, especially in the twin cities there's so many nonprofits looking for volunteers that yeah just search what you're looking for because when you're volunteering for something that you actually are passionate about and love mm-hmm. um you know then you actually want to go and want to be there yeah you can get more out of it too right exactly yeah um yeah no it's in my opinion it's more than like you talked about resume building but it also like helps you not in a bad way, but like helps you build your self-esteem and it also helps with like communication and dealing with other people that you can apply to a daily job. So, um, yeah, for anyone out there that's looking to volunteer, go for it, see how it goes and then run with it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so do you see yourself ever going to a corporate position? I know we're going to jump back into like the job market part, but yeah. Um, so hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, no. So yeah, I could definitely see um, myself going into a corporate position eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely interesting, interested in, you know, the event planning, the marketing, um, the communications aspect of corporate. Mm-hmm. My problem, I think right now that I face is that the reason I like nonprofit so much is that I like, I'll be honest, I'm 23 and I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. So whether that's marketing, um, advertising, event planning, yeah. et cetera, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life yet. And so I that's think okay. it's, I've like fallen back on nonprofits because I can do all of it yeah. where if I go corporate, you know, I really have to choose what direction it's, I'm going in. It can in. be specific, very specific. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know you do supply chain, so it's like, yes, you can use that skill to do other p- jobs, but like you know it's pretty specific so if i go into corporate and i choose marketing that's almost like what i am stuck with or have to do where if i continue to do nonprofit for a while i can just gain experience with the event planning still the marketing the communications the recruiting yeah no that's not a bad idea um and in that sense you can kind of gain a better aspect of what you actually want to do and say you do say like marketing's your thing then you have all that experience and then you have the other things to bring to it um that would be valuable with any company honestly yeah. And the so pro- one big problem that I notice though, is a lot of corporate companies are saying, oh, you need experience using like all of these marketing um, websites and all of these, yeah. you know, marketing platforms. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I've only worked for nonprofits. Like they can't afford those platforms. Like I'm using <laughs> Canva. Like and I, like I, my executive director won't even give me the credit card to use like the, like Canva premium for so an your extra free 99 cents. Up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, when I've talked to people in corporate, they say, oh, what experience do you have with InDesign and Photoshop? Yep. And I'm like, we can't afford that. You know, we can yeah. barely afford like two ply toilet paper. I actually don't even think my current nonprofit has two ply. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. That's a big change. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like the difference between nonprofits and uh, back to corporate corporate um, is you have a budget that isn't in an unlimited amount, you know, um, so you guys pretty much have to use every penny towards your advantage, obviously. I mean, every company is, but essentially you guys are to the point where if you don't have enough funding, things could be dropped and positions could be cut. Um, but that's just like what it is. So right. Do you ever like find, like, are you ever scared that that will happen and like your market's just going to go? Yeah, for sure. So, um, 
actually positions at my current nonprofit are being cut constantly um, because of funding. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually develop something called furlough days. And so we're forced to take off one day of the month um, because we got a bunch of our funding cut this year because nonprofits just aren't being funded like they used to. Yeah. And so that's a huge fear, you know, that I and all of my co-working friends that I have at my current position mm-hmm. um, have daily, you know, it's like, oh, is my position going to be cut the next fiscal year or like go part time or anything like that? Oh, that's. And yeah, so, that's, you know, it can be really scary. Yeah. And so you really just have to, I think, advice that I'd give anybody going into nonprofit is to just during an interview, you know, make sure you ask kind of, can I see your um, annual review for last year? And like, can I mm-hmm. see your, you know, because all that's public knowledge. And if you yeah, really know yeah. like your operating budget and you know, the salary that you'll be making and you can see salaries other people make and you can kind of do the math to see, okay, how close to, you know, the line are we here with our operating budget and how much people are getting paid and different things like that. So I think just really watching out for yourself before you accept a position yeah, and just knowing how your nonprofit stands financially before accepting a position. Right. Um, so how, this is kind of a weird question. I don't want to be like super specific with it, but what are some of the main ways that nonprofits profits get their funding? I know there's might be like government funding to that help with it, but like in other ways, how do you get people to donate for, to your company, for example? Yeah, so my nonprofit specifically um, is funded by grants mostly. Okay. And so we actually have a big project going on right now that I um, am kind of um, involved with. um, And I sit on the board at um, 3M that's doing this is Mm -hmm. they're working with my nonprofit to kind of see how can we get more community members to donate and small Mm -hmm. businesses and local businesses to donate to the nonprofit versus just solely funding on grants. are um, solely relying on grants sure and so one big problem that we had this year is united way lost a ton of funding and they were our number one funder for our food shelf at my nonprofit. and so we lost you know at least a hundred thousand dollars off of that grant this year yeah so it was pretty huge and so 3m has this panel that sits sits together and they are kind of working on a project with us right now to you know, think of ideas of how we can reach out to small businesses and that's awesome. Yeah. Community engagement and, you know, reach out to them and tell them about who we are and what we do and try to get them to fund us versus Mm -hmm. solely relying on grants because grants you have to apply to and some years you could get them and some years you don't. Sure. Or if you really have that relationship with small businesses, you know, you can almost guarantee that, Oh, they gave us 10,000 last year. Like this year we'll ask again. And I think, you know, uh, my nonprofit is really working on on that with 3m right now and so that's been a cool experience for me to be part of yeah so working with them what incentives do you guys give them to want to donate yeah so actually my nonprofit merrick used to be located right next to 3m um, okay. many years ago over in and maple so grove in in maplewood maplewood i get all these this is the worst area to live. Yeah, There's Woodbury, Maplewood, Oakwood. It's Oakdale. Oakdale, yeah. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, you actually confused me for a second. I was like, wait, what? Is he right? And I was like, wait, no, that's not a real place. I'm wrong. Like, he's wrong. Um, yeah, so they used to be located right next to each other. And so the founder of Merrick and the CEO at the time of 3M were mm-hmm. friends. And so they created this relationship. And so we've had this relationship with 3M for you know, hundreds of years or a hundred years, I should say. And so that relationship has kind of continued, even though both locations are different now and Mm -hmm. we aren't, you know, located as close by to 3M as we used to be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've kept that relationship with them. And so our executive director is still, you know, 
communicates with the CEO and a lot of our board is or a lot of our board members um, work at 3M and so mm, okay. we've kept that relationship with them and so that's kind of where that comes into play and so I guess incentive wise um, there's incentives so if they have if they're um, if a 3M employee volunteers at my nonprofit for 25 hours they 3M will just write us a $500 check oh wow yeah so that's pretty cool it's called um our volunteer match program with 3m and so Very 3m cool. actually does that with a ton of nonprofits in the area yeah um and we're one of them uh thankfully and so we will get you know some thousands of dollars some odd number from 3m every year from their employees volunteering for us so much that is awesome yeah that's really cool do you um do you find like working with 3m and whatnot you build your resume more or less doing that too so like expanding, so like when you started working for this nonprofit, did you see yourself doing this? I guess we'll start there. No, not at all. I guess I didn't realize coming from a small town and being my, the university where I graduated from is also a super small town. Yeah. And so when I was an intern at United Way, that was my first internship at a nonprofit. We had a really good relationship with Century Insurance, which is a huge insurance right, Stevens company Point. Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Stevens Point. And so I knew that, um, you know, corporate and nonprofit had really great relationships, mm -hmm. but I guess I never realized how fun it would be to actually kind of work on those relationships and build those relationships yeah. with corporate until I actually started doing it at my current job. And now I love, you know, talking to 3Mers about what our nonprofit is and how they're so involved because to see 3Mers faces when they realize, oh, just so you know, 3M is, you know, one of the main reasons we stay functioning because of how many volunteers we have from them yeah. and how much they donate to us and how much they fund us and all the board members that we have that work at 3M. And so it's cool to build those relationships and also that network, you know, so if I ever did want to go corporate, I have all these connections with yeah. different people at the corporate level because mm -hmm. of working for a nonprofit. So maybe that's good that you wear multiple hats because it got you to where you are now and you actually have like a solid base to build on, which mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah, exactly. Some days, like I said, I'm like, oh, this is not in my job description. But then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm glad I got to do that because I met 10 new people who are like now in my network and, yeah. you know, can later refer to them. And yeah, is it so is it like a 40 hour week mostly that you guys like if you were to work for a nonprofit, is that pretty average? Yeah, I would say mm -hmm. some of them are less. Like I said, now um, my nonprofit just um developed furlough days okay and so we are forced to take off one day a month and you know some nonprofits do that if they have a bad fiscal year and so we kind of did have a bad fiscal year at my nonprofit and so mm -hmm. we are you know working on getting rid of those furlough days but for now every employee at our company or at the organization takes one day off a month because okay. of you to know the cuts to make up for the excess yep okay so if i were to be if i was a student that wanted to come on my couch come out of college and go to a nonprofit, what would you tell me to do? Yeah, I would say definitely. <laughs> is that a hard one? <laughs> that is a hard question. Um, don't do it. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, Turn around, go back. Yeah, go running. Um, change your major to business. <laughs> um, no, I would say definitely just, even though you're working for a nonprofit, keep those mm -hmm. corporate relationships because I think it's really hard 
um, to go from nonprofit into the corporate world, especially because I think it's hard for corporate people to take us seriously. And, you know, when they say, oh, you've done marketing. Okay, well, you've used Canva. What is that for marketing? You know, but it's like sometimes my marketing job is harder than yours. Yeah, it's a different scale. Yeah. Yeah, because you have all of this uh, equipment and all of these programs that you can use and like marketing managers where like I have my executive director who doesn't know anything about marketing. And so, you know, I'm kind of on my own and looking up things online and learning things on my own. And, you know, especially for like graphic design and advertising work that I do. And so I would say definitely advice that I'd give somebody coming out of college wanting to do nonprofit is just keep the door open to the corporate world and, you know, keep relationships with people in the corporate world and definitely take advantage of when you work at a nonprofit, you meet so many people who work in the corporate world who either sit on your board, volunteer for you, fund you, donate to you. So definitely keep those connections in your back pocket. So when, you know, you do eventually want to transfer into the corporate world, if you do, you have those contacts and you have advice givers in how to do so. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that. I mean, that's, I had no, I really didn't know much about nonprofits coming into this uh, interview. So the fact that you actually sat down with me and went over, this is pretty awesome. So I appreciate that. Um, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I do have a question. What's up? Um, so when is your fiance going to be on your podcast? <laughs> That's a good question. I have no idea. I've tried to get her on her a few times, but she won't. She's probably sitting in the other room listening like, what the hell? <laughs> and when is Wrigley going to be on the podcast? Yeah, he, if I put him on the podcast, he's just going to start chewing these mics apart. So <laughs> we'll probably wait till he's a little bit older and I'll get him on here. Yeah. So how's being a dog dad? Being a dog dog dad is a lot harder than I thought it would be. So we had a dog when I was a kid and growing up. um, My mom did most of the work, so I really didn't see all of this. This is hard. (laughs) So anyone out there that's looking to get a dog, make sure you have a lot of time on your hands. Um, It's long nights, not much sleep, and um, it's just a lot of work. But it's it's rewarding. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're pretty much raising a child, and you get to teach him the things you want him to, to learn um and pretty much make him a part of the family so I, I enjoy it it's just a lot of work so these next few months are really gonna be tough yeah but then it'll be worth it once they're old and potty trained and yeah i think the potty training thing is one of the harder things especially living in an apartment it sucks yeah but i was saying before we came on it's kind of nice that you're in an apartment because now when he has accidents on the floor it's not your it's not your carpet yeah, you don't have to worry about replacing it like it's peace out security deposit no yeah and okay yeah true like whatever um yeah i'd rather have him do it here than like elsewhere um so it is what it is he's been good except for when you came here then he peed <laughs> then he peed and yeah. bit me and <laughs> yeah and then i went down south but no he, he's catching on he's slowly learning so that's good awesome but yeah so yeah um well thanks for coming on i appreciate it and uh we'll have to do it again sometime yeah thanks for having me thank you